You're listening to the Passion Daily Podcast. This week, we're thrilled to bring you a powerful conversation between Pastor Louis Giglio and legendary college football coach Mark Rick, where they discuss fatherhood, mentorship, and the moment that changed a young man's life forever. So who was influencing you in that season? I know your dad obviously was in the right. story still. Were there any other father-type guys in the mix as you were moving from high school to, to University of Miami? Who was shaping well, it's, it's your thinking? It's interesting you asked that because I, I was asked to speak at a mentoring uh, conference, and they said, talk about your mentors in your life. And so I just went down memory lane, you know, and I remember, of course, my dad was number one, and I just mentioned some of the reasons why. And then number two in elementary school, there was a coach, Milhome, PE coach. But he, instead of rolling the ball and say play, he would teach us every skill of every sport. And he helped me love sports. And then in high school, it was Roger Coffey, my high school coach. And he said, if you want to play quarterback for me, you got to play one sport. But he took me in his home, and he taught me how to play the position. And I did end up getting a scholarship like he promised I would. Well, then I go to the co- I went to my college days, and there was a break in the mentorship. There was a void. And that was the time in my life that I really struggled the most because I didn't have that. I didn't have someone there. Uh, I had coaches there who cared about winning, and I think they cared about us, but I would not say any of them were like a true mentor for me. And so I was uh, a ship without a sail for five years, and I did some of the dumbest things and the wildest things, like a lot of people do in college, but if you have someone to keep you steady, it may not be quite as dramatic. So my identity was in football, which is a dangerous thing to have your identity in what you do rather than who you are. And so uh, because my identity was football, when football went in the tank, then my whole life went in the tank. Ended up uh, at the end of college days having some more, uh, a couple shots at the NFL and, and had some hope, but uh, I really floundered during that time frame. Wow, I think it uh, is amazing. I think for people just uh, sitting here today, when you're <clears throat> naming some of those people, just thinking about people that have influenced our lives, and right. everybody is a result of the investment of somebody yes. in their life. And so, honor those people today um, if you have a relationship with your father obviously you're honoring him today but honor some of those other people today that spoke into your story were there in the moment that you needed it taught you the skills that you need both on the field and off the field uh, side note for any uh, aspiring quarterbacks here today what are the in one minute the three key essentials to succeeding as a quarterback well, when I look for quarterbacks, I look for number one, you know, can he make the throws? I mean, can he hit his target? It's, it's simple as that. I mean, when he throws it at a target, can he hit it? And can he hit the deep ball, all the types of throws that have to be thrown? Uh, you know, another characteristic is, is he a good decision maker? You know, not only on the field, but even off the field. I mean, is he a guy that you want to give the keys to the car to that you can trust? You know, and then the third thing is, can he handle the pressure of the job? Because... It's hard to be that guy. It's hard to be the leader, as you know, and as I know as head coach. But the quarterback position, uh, by nature, is the leader of the team. The question is, what kind of a leader is he going to be, and can he handle that responsibility? So those are the three things that I look for the most. You got into coaching 
And then you, you've, you've, I've heard you share this story several times, but you really didn't have that connection with God. And Coach Bowden, Bobby Bowden, right. the legendary Bobby Bowden, was giving a locker room speech. Tell us about the scenario and the backdrop right. and what happened in your life that day. Well, what happened, first of all, um, when you talk about mentors, after my college days, I did become a very young graduate assistant coach at Florida State University. And Coach Bowden was going to coach the quarterbacks and used to, had a young graduate assistant coach that was me to help him coach the quarterbacks. So I was basically coaching QBs uh, at age 25, 26 um, with Coach Bowden at Florida State. And what happened was in year two, excuse me, year two, which was 86, um, we had an open date. And during the open date, Coach Bowden allowed the, the team to go home for the weekend and things like that. Well, some guys went home, some guys didn't. Guys that stayed in town, most of them ended up at an on-campus dance party. And somebody pulled the fire alarm and everybody had to leave the building. And I can't tell you exactly what happened, but something happened in the parking lot where a local kid uh, was at the party and got in a confrontation with one of the football players. And then he got his feelings hurt because he couldn't physically fight this guy. He knew he'd get whipped. So he got, he kind of got his pride hurt in front of his buddies. And then, so he decided he's going to hurt that guy's pride by going back home and getting a, a shotgun and bringing it to the party to, to make him back down like the, like the player made him back down physically. So he shows up with a gun and tells his buddies to tell these football players that he's out in the parking lot messing with their car or whatever it was. So out come some of the team and one of the guys was a six foot five, 285 pound junior tackle named Pablo Lopez was a Cuban kid from Miami, big personality, everybody loved the guy, red or yellow, black and white, it didn't matter, but he had a hard edge to him too, and Miami Vice was the show at the time, it wasn't like Nick and Knight, it was like the show, you had to wait a week to see the next episode, so he was kind of living in that Miami Vice attitude and bravado, well he comes out there and uh, they're all talking smack, the guy pulls the gun, and Pablo had apparently held his arms out and said, kept walking towards him and said, you're not going to shoot me, bro. And the kid panicked and pulled the trigger. And unfortunately, Pablo uh, died before he even got to the hospital. So you can imagine that scene that night. And uh, so anyway, the next day, he was actually in our team meeting room, not the locker room, but Coach Bowen called a team meeting uh, that Sunday at 2 o'clock. And uh, so everybody's at the team meeting. I'm there, the young graduate assistant coach in charge of taking role. So I'm in the back of the room listening to what he's saying to the team. And uh, you could tell there was uh, sadness in his demeanor and his voice. And he just said, men, uh, I don't know where Pablo is now. I don't know where he's going to spend eternity. He said, uh, I don't know where he's in his faith. But uh, then he presented the gospel. He said, he said, God created all of us. He loves us. He, he wants us to love him back. He wants us to live forever in heaven with him for all of eternity, but the problem with heaven is the standard is perfection, and none of us can be perfect. You know, Adam sinned, sin entered all man, so we're, we're kind of doomed, but he knew that, so he gave us Jesus, you know, the perfect sacrifice, and you know, of course, you know, we're all descendants of Adam, well, he wasn't, he was, he was born of the Holy Spirit, so he didn't, he didn't have that sin nature when he was born, 
lived a perfect life, was the perfect sacrifice for these sins. And uh, man, if you just ask him to forgive your sin, he'll pay the price for you, pretty much. And then he, so he's looking out in the, in the room and he sees that empty chair and he says, man, Pavel used to sit right there. And he goes, now he's gone. He goes, you guys are 18 to 22. You think you're gonna live forever. Just like Pablo thought he was going to live forever. He said, if that was you last night, instead of Pablo, do you know where you'd spend eternity? Wow. So that's, so I'm in, I'm in the back of the room. He's talking to the team, but the Holy Spirit's speaking to me with the baseball bat. No. And it just kind of pierced my heart. And, and, and really some seeds that were planted from a college teammate. He, presented, he, was, the wild, he was wilder than I was. I mean, if I was a, if I was a, all-American at the nighttime games. He was the Heisman Trophy candidate. And then his life changed. He had this peace. I said, John, what's what's wrong? What, what happened to you? And he, and he presented the gospel. And so I was kind of getting ready to I think this is my time. But I started worrying about my other teammates. What would they think? What would my girlfriend think? You know, what did man think compared to what did God think? Which is, yeah. you know, we do that all the time. We're too much worried about what people think than God thinks. You know, I thought I had to be perfect. I didn't understand grace. I didn't understand that we're still in this body, this flesh that has a bunch of stupid sin habits in our brain. And then I was worried. Then I was worried that God wouldn't let me be a pro quarterback. He'd send me to Africa on a mission trips. So I postponed the decision. But all those seeds that were planted came to fruition that moment when He said, "Do you know where you'd spend eternity?" And I was like, "I know where it is." So the next day, I came to His office and knocked on the door, and He said, "Come on in, buddy." And he calls you buddy when he forgets your name. And uh, so anyway, I went in there. And said, it's I like being at church. It's like, <laughs> hey, brother, how you doing? That's right. That's right. So um, I came in there and said, I know you were talking to the team, but do you mind if a young coach comes and talks to you about what you were talking about? So I prayed to receive Christ uh, in his office. Wow. And um, it, it was a truly life-changing thing. I mean, I did become the new creation. And, my life became super simple. My goal became live a life pleasing to God. That was it. Now, it doesn't mean it's easy, but it was simple you know, as far as the goal. And, uh, I was willing to go to Africa if he wanted me to, but he let me keep coaching, which was, which was fun. Thanks again for listening to the Passion Daily Podcast. And don't forget to go and subscribe to the Passion City Church and Passion City Church DC podcasts for our full messages every week.